Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. Together, we are finding the joy in the journey of life. This episode, I have with me John Meham back again, and our topic is a simple one, but it's one that shouldn't be overlooked. The topic is how there is no prerequisite for play. Before we sort of dive into anything, let's have John sort of introduce himself. Yeah, um, I'm John. I uh, teach. Uh, oh gosh, I should have prepared something, but here we are. No prereqs, right? That's right. <laughs> I Just teach uh, American. I think American American literature at Bishop O'Connell High School in Arlington, Virginia, it's eleventh grade. I teach two sections of it, and I'm a high school instructional coach for the rest of the day. So I work with teachers all across the content areas. And um, there's no prerequisite when they walk in the door, too. It's uh, it's like being a personal trainer for teachers. You come in, you tell me what you're working on, and we, we crush it together. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's exhausting, but that's it's you know that's why we do it. So we love the work. I love how you said we crush it together, right? Like it's it's about walking side by side a lot of times, and that's cool that that's sort of your philosophy and your your motto then. Yeah, buddy. I mean, like it's it, it, the joy is that we get to talk about what we love, right? The hard part is we talk about it with people who don't love it, like we love it. And so, how can we make you know? How can we get our kids excited about to, to share that enthusiasm and to sort of feed off each other? It's really infectious and it's just palpable. You can feel it. I love it. So today we're talking kind of the no prerequisites for play. Uh, this idea, like I don't know, this kind of hit me the other day. I it's the weekend here, and I I got. Uh, a couple of tweets of people saying, hey, they actually are going to join my five for five challenge. I don't know if you've seen that. That's where you pick sort of like a goal for five yes. days and you do it for five days straight. Um, and I got a couple of people writing me this weekend saying I'm going to do it. And the thing they chose was they're finally going to do something with their game, that that they're going to spend an hour a day focused on the game. Uh, and and, and the, what they're speaking about is the design of the game. And they wrote me in there that they feel like okay. every time they sit down to sort of do this, it's just so overwhelming that they just sort of walk away. And like, that's the last thing I want to hear, right? <laughs> like as somebody that wants to bring more people into the, the fold of, you know, playful learning, I don't want anybody to like love the idea, but then kind of hate the implementation of it. So, uh, so then I thought, let's, let's have this chat and who better have this chat with, but a good friend of mine here, John, and I like let's let's chat about. There isn't a prerequisite. You guys can do this. So, what 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 do you think is is the greatest sort of stumbling block to that non <sighs> non gamifier? And it's hard for people like you and me who do do this now all the time. It just it, it's like natural. I can't not. Yeah, do it. I, that's a great question, Michael. <laughs> no, and the thing is, like, you know, people look at the stuff that I turn out and like. I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just talking about it. Like if you do it, if you do it to the degree and the effort and the length you do it, like Michael's not getting paid for these podcasts, right? Like you just do it in your own free time. You can't stop thinking like that. Yep. People see it spring from your head and they think it's like fully formed. And they, you know, my, my administrator said, John, the games you're designing for your class. She's like, please take this in a way it's intended. It's like New York fashion week version of a game. We need like, for Target or for Walmart version of like a game, like, you know, on the shelf, ready to go. Um, and people see that stuff and they get, it's, it's daunting, right? You know, I mean, friends who are, you know, good holy people. And I sit there and I'm like, I can't be holy like they can be holy. They just have it, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary. So the, the temptation is to say, well, if I can't be at that level, if I can't do it to that degree and make it look that effortless, well then, you know, I, it's just not for me, right? 
And I think the challenge is that's the biggest stumbling block because because everybody has to start somewhere. I, I, I worked in PR before I got into teaching. So for me, thinking about the visuals and the marketing side of it, that's kind of where my brain goes to start, right? Um, you've, you've done so much with, with your own gamification and your own writing about gamification and studying it. Like, it's going to look more developed when it comes from Matera's desk than it might look from you know, the teacher's down. But that's okay. I think the challenge is people see that, like, you know, that Cadillac version of it and say, oh, I can't do that. So they, they feel like in, in some ways embarrassed. I don't know if that's the right word, but it feels like they don't want to do like a rinky-dink version of it. I'm like, this is all rinky-dink. We're all making it up as we go. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think we're like building the plane as we fly it. Yeah, like, I think, you know, maybe it's helpful for Jen and I to sort of openly admit here on the airwaves, like, the man behind the curtains doing the same thing you're doing. Like I am just making it up. I am. And sometimes that's making it up the night before. Sometimes that's making it up in the moment. Like I teach middle school. I do oh, yeah. four or five sections of the same thing. And sometimes in the middle of section two, you're just like, you know, what would be a fun twist to like this jeopardy game. Boom. Like what if your little spear that I made the other night allows you to skip that team? It's not printed on any of their spears. And I just write on the board like, hey, like bonus, th- th- this time, like all spears allow you to skip the other team. And all of a sudden, kids are like flipping through their binder. Oh, I have like two spears. So does that mean I can skip two? T-? Yeah, sure. Sure you can. I have no idea. Sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. And then like well, now that that is an item in my game that spears can do that. That's like printed on the on the card. But like that came from second periods, you know, two years ago, just making it up on the spot. So I have two that came up this week in my game. And I, just again, like to, to own it, right? Because people put it on my Twitter and I'll put it on my YouTube. And it's like, it looks like it was also scouted and all like, you know, it's all curated when it's online. But like, oh, this is part of the show. It's like, no, this is, this is, this is very much like reality TV. You're sitting there and saying, oh, we got to edit this right into the game now and make our decision. Um, I did a, a document-based question jigsaw where they had to write on big charts on the walls um, what, what they had found in their group. But as a plot twist, it just needed a game element. I was like, oh, but we're playing a game of keep away. So what is on your chart paper, which is massive, no one else is allowed to read it. So you, I figured they'd make like human tents and like, you know, block it out. That, that, that's happened and that's great. And then I get students trying to steal each other's ideas, which is fun because they're just, you know, protecting their own intelligence. I have a student who just starts writing in Chinese on a board. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And she's like, well, I, only, I mean, I can read and write Mandarin, so we can do this, right? I'm like, I said no. And okay, so we like we just had to let it roll, like, but but the kids are freaking out. Like you know, I have to do rule for like how would I say no? And I have to be flexible to it um, and allow myself to laugh at, at what that looks like because the I mean that's a big piece of it when you're when you're taking this student centered approach and that's not about games that's just about pedagogy. Like you have to be comfortable with the messy and understand that your kids in the classroom this experience so you might not have thought it through that way but they walk you down the aisle and they can make an explanation for you like yeah i never said no okay let's give it a shot yeah i mean i think i think that story is a really good example like you just you put something in play and you just sort of let it unfold and develop and i think the other advice that i would give people that haven't started or felt like it was too daunting um just get started i mean like one foot in front of the next and your kids can help you uh 
you know, examples from movies or if you do play board games or card games, you know, even like simple card games, like take the concept of like taking a trick in many card games or the idea of like a trump card. Yeah. Like those two mechanics alone could be like simple things that you build into an activity, into a lesson, into a unit, uh, and just play with that concept. Think about how could I add like a trump element into into my unit how could i add a trick-taking element into my unit you know i could i could picture already off the top of my head a cool like math teacher doing that with like everybody solving some math problems and taking the trick you know yeah. well and i saw i mean i the great benefit of my job is i get to hang out with people in every department and we have a brand new teacher to the school this year he's a math teacher um and he says hey i want you to come in i'm doing a game you know quote unquote game with um it's geography meets geometry. And I'm like, well, this is awesome. I have no idea what this is going to look like, but let's see it. And he has on the list on the board, like a menu of all these different um, patterns. He's like, can you find three cities in Asia that form an isosceles triangle? Um, or can you find two rivers that run parallel? And I'm like, so the kids are using Google Maps to like figure out like a game of, of these geometrical patterns. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that. But again, it's, it's, it, there's no big narrative there. There's no points, badges, leaderboards. There's no like, you know, epic quest. It's just a little trick. Like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word search using the planet. And they're not searching for words. They're searching for, for concepts from geometry. I was like, how, how cool is that? Because for those kids on that day, they have this exploration. They have this choice. Um, and they feel like they can collect all of the, you know, the different leveled up, uh, you know, records or tasks. I think that's awesome. I think it's a really cool way to make people feel like, uh, you know, the game is, is kind of flexible and, and like the onboarding process is not so daunting. Yeah, and I think that you used a word here that I think we need to like demystify and, and that's the word game itself. So when I go present, I use that word. When we talk about it here, we use that word. Uh, but I think we, we again owe it to the audience to sort of openly admit that is a really, really loose term. Um this isn't, yeah. we're not, we're not talking about that. I have it all figured out that there's so many squares on the board and that I get, and that I've mathematically figured out that this is the right number of properties like monopoly. Like it is, it is not a super defined thing. I put in place a theme, you know, I put them on some teams and then I gave them some tasks that wrap into that. So, I mean, I talked about that on hive summit, you know, theme, team task. Like when you do that, like, that's that is a gamified experience and it's going to feel game like to your students even though we don't have right. it all spelled out right and the game well, is I, flexible it grows it shrinks yeah. you know there are days i use it there are days i don't use it well and it, it works like the background volume that you have the ability to turn up at any time right like i think even something as simple as teachers are it is daunting and if when you gave your presentation in uh at cincinnati or boston boston last year um you talked about like it was like called like but the joke the joke was it was actually a gamification lesson but you didn't use the word gamification like haha I got you mm -hmm. it's it's just like it's it's good it's good immersion it's good listening um, it's it's you know culturally responsive pedagogy it's listening to your learners and like we use the game as our shorthand um, but that's such a loaded term where it makes it sound like you know I think Monopoly and I know you're a big fan of Monopoly one day we'll do a podcast where you just say nice things about Monopoly. 
<laughs> favorite. Uh, favorite. Maybe April Fool's podcast. Can you guys Michael hear me grinding my teeth? Can you hear it? Can you hear <laughs> just grinding that? But, but like Monopoly has a very strict series of rules. There's very you know, codified patterns of play, and there's, there's end game phases, and it's not fun on purpose. But the game is designed to not be fun. It's designed to remind you that like if you are born rich, things are awesome. If you're not born, you know, into wealth, things are really kind of awful. It's just a slow decline to watch all the money go away. Um, but Monopoly has the rules figured out before you play it. Candyland works the same way. Um, but there's a lot of when I, I use the word game, like a big piece of it, and I'm wearing my Tough Mudder shirt here. You know, I think about that, like. The game when I step on an obstacle course is like, how can I work with my teammates to conquer these obstacles today in a way that's better than the last time I did it? Knowing that the obstacles will always be there um, and there's always a different way to go. Um, and they say it, you know, when you do those tough mutters, they, like, they bet me up and they're like, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tear gas you, we're going to shock you, we're going to freeze you, we're going to set you on fire. Um, and if any of these, you know, are not your obstacle for today, we'll leave you for another day. Like, get what you can out of it today, do the best that you can. But like, understand that there's always another, there's another swing of that bat. And I think that's important because it can be daunting to feel like a game has fixed rules and there's like all these parameters and that could be, you know, scare people off. Right. Because it feels like, well, this was figured out before I got here. I can't possibly figure out all of it. So I'm just going to, you know, throw my hands up. I think that's important to, to recognize that as you approach it. Yeah. We don't, it doesn't always have to be defined. Like here we are. We're admit it. I swear you guys can just, put something in play and that's fine it doesn't have to be huge it can be small you know and just make an enjoyable well, experience for the students can i can i ask you that question too because you know there's there's that line in that fiverr fighting song about superman it says you know even heroes have the right to bleed right like is there a moment where you've just been playing with live ammo in the classroom and it just collapsed like kaput you know in spite of your best effort i think it's important people you're like yeah that happens i mean it happens a lot <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't glamorize. It. It no, I mean, like, I every year, people, I am adding to my game and taking away from my game. Sometimes I take away the wrong thing, and it's like, ooh, I didn't realize how integral that was to other items I've built or whatever, and I have to either like awkwardly sort of put it back in the game. Uh, and I, I'm always adding. I'm always trying new mini games, new twists, new items some new mechanics so each the way my game works each unit sort of has its own storyline like a chapter of a book you know like we, we go to a whole new problem to like deal with as we move to egypt and then when we move to china we're doing something else in the realm a lot of the base rules stay the same but there's kind of a new sort of theme inside the realm uh, and sometimes i get it horribly wrong sometimes i'm like oh kids are gonna love this thing this this is gonna be it and then yeah sometimes that one falls flat. Uh, but thankfully, you know, like, yeah, one of the things I like about a year-long game, thankfully you have enough of these other mechanics going that I never fully lose them. But like that idea, that moment, that stunk. That, <laughs> that fell flat. Well, I mean, like, I, I like when I play... Uh, like the old school Mario game, like the very first Mario. Think about how that game works because it's a side-scrolling platformer. You know, you just run, you jump on the... the you kind of learn as you go. Then you play the second world. That's crazy. Um, you go to the, the third world and now there's 
you're underwater and you're swimming and now the mechanics of how you move are different. Um, and it feels like the game itself just rules look like the sky waste world. And each one has a slightly different mechanic, but like the game's flexible enough to say, look, you got this. I'm, I'm only going to roll out just a little bit at a time. Um, so that you don't ever feel like you're, you're lost. Um, the, the game sort of has some elasticity, I guess, about it. Uh, and I think when we, we, you and I use the word game, we use it interchangeably with like the class. You know, like, hey, there's a different unit, and that unit's going to have a different type of homework. And maybe that homework we've never done before, but it's wrapped into this big old wrapper of the bigger thing. But it's just like, hey, today I need them to do a podcast. So how do I make a game out of podcasts? Um, or you know, today I'm. Yeah, I mean. It- it really is similar to what everyone else is doing. There just has that hum of the the more connected, larger game behind it. Like, I mean, like you said, with the the geometry meets geography, that's totally gamification. That's like a one day activity, but it's total gamification components built inside that game. Uh, and let's say that flopped. I mean, I don't see how it could. That sounds awesome, but let's just say it did. <laughs> like, <laughs> right having the larger connected game behind it would only make it i don't know you 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 have like a safety net that i think that the game do. the game provides um but if i could sort of twist us a little bit into a different direction here cuz another piece sure. of this whole like prerequisite for play i often get people asking like hey like i read your book or i've done XP lap or I've seen your YouTube channel or well played like uh but I'm I'm nervous because I'm not a gamer. Like I want to do this. Right. But I don't I don't play card games, board games, video games. I got nothing. And I I just want to remind everybody like there is no prerequisite. Like one you could do those things. Like like right. I, I don't see what's wrong with saying like, I'm a little sheepish. I don't like to tell people what to do, but part of me wants to say like, go do those things because they're awesome. Like if if you're not a video try gamer, it. like fine, go buy a cool board game. Like there are a million awesome ones out there to try. Go play a card game with some friends. Like, you know, like get out there. Yeah, I very much agree. I, I feel like, you know, I'm doing a, a new game next week in my class that's based around Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, I've, I've just watched enough Stranger Things to get like a feel for, okay, there's some dice rolling, and I, I listen to a podcast, and I get a feel for, like, all right, this is, I get it. Like, there's roles, there's choices, there's decisions. i played enough video games to, to figure out how that could work. But, like, what's the harm? I think your kids, you gain, like I said, with, with Mario, right? You gain good goodwill from the kids, because they're like, look, this person's trying, and they're doing the best they can to kind of listen to it and be adaptive and like to get me engaged with and not every day is going to be a home run but like not every lecture is going to be a home run and if if you've already got that trajectory that things are you know moving like you have that thing you can fall back on like okay guys so that was not the greatest let's 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 debrief that what worked what didn't work what would you do to make that better like in some ways that makes my game that much stronger to debrief like okay that died on the table and i've had it die on the table like just like you know crash landing um, and just like, well, let's just hit the record scratch guys. Let's talk about if we made this again, how could we make this better? So it doesn't suffer the same sort of, you know, public, you know, flaming dumpster fire of mess. Um, I think that's important because, cause I, I, I'll tell you the first time I played like halo, 
I did not enjoy playing Halo because my friends had all played Halo for years and they just toasted me. It wasn't fun. Um, you know, I to see somebody play like Risk, you know, I mean, you got to be really into Risk because um, they will just shred you and like, you know, mercilessly, right? And it's like, oh, I, I, I haven't yet played Settlers of Catan and I'm, I'm probably losing all my geek cred right now. I haven't played Settlers. Um, Transmission's <laughs> breaking now. up. I, I can't oh, I hear, hear you. you, man. Um, but like, I, I haven't done it, right? And it's not that like, I couldn't do it. I just haven't done it yet. But like, I think that's important is to, to be open to that process and say, look, I'm, I'm going to get beat the first couple of times. Be okay with that. Like, <laughs> like allow yourself that, that vulnerability. Because I think, especially with our students, that they can see that and they appreciate that, um, that we don't always have to pretend that we have all the answers or that every piece of, you know, what we're rolling out. Yeah, I think that's another thing. When you play a game, when you sit down to play a game, it, it is an incredibly humbling experience if you think about it because I, I play board games. I love to do that. And I try to actually play at least one a week. And every time I sit down at the table and I play up against, you know, three, four other people, the odds of me walking away with the win are small. Like, right? Like I'm 20, 25%. And yeah. uh, week after week, like sometimes I win. Sometimes I'm in second place. Sometimes I'm in fifth place. Right. Uh, but I don't know. You You take a little bit of that swimmer's mindset, like, I may not have won the race today, but did I have a better time today? You know, did I, Yeah. did I improve? Well, did I enjoy it? You know, like all those things. And I do that with these, like the Tough Mudders and the Spartans too, right? Like, you know, I run those stupid races. I'm like, okay, I didn't do well on the monkey bars today, but you know what I did really well on? And last time I didn't do really well on this one was, you know, the ice bath or something like that. It's like, okay, so today, today I did the ice bath. Yeah, that's like, it, it it's real time growth mindset, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. It's saying you don't have to, maybe you get your personal record and that's awesome. Maybe you have your best time ever, but like, like the Mario game, the course is always adapting, always changing, always going, there's always going to be obstacles out there that are going to give you trouble. And you're like, Hey, can I do my best personally on as many of them as I can today? And then look back and say, okay, you know, one, two, and three kick my butt, but four, five, and six, I, I feel really good about this. And then I know where to train for that. Like that's, that's really empowering. Yeah. But you don't have to have the whole nut. Yeah, and I think, too, like you had brought up Settlers of Catan. That I'm just going to give as a good shout-out. Like, you can get it at Target. I want to say it's like $30. Um, plays up to four people. Pick it up. Like, it is <laughs> It is cheap. I'm saying to everybody, not just you, John. Like, okay. Pick it up. And I guess I'm putting out a little well-played challenge here. Like, go to Target. Buy this game. And invite over another couple, so maybe none of you have played it. Read the rules ahead of time. There are plenty of uh, online tutorial videos if you don't want to read an instruction manual. It's not that hard of a game to play. But you'll be on that equal footing. None of you have played it. Have have a fun like dinner party. Invite people over, eat dinner, have some pizza or whatever, and play the game. And while you play it, like just have a good time. And then afterwards, kind of reflect on, like, what that was like and why, like, you should add these kind of mechanics, uh, both game-wise and play-wise. Like, you just learn an entire game, an entire language, an entire thing. And then the amount of information literacy you had to deal with, like, making that best choice based on what's on the board. Like, ah, these are all high-level skills that we want in our classrooms. And we have teacher after teacher saying, I want to do this, but I'm not a gamer. Like, 
So play one of these. Well, but maybe play one it, of them. And maybe that's it too. Like do it. You know, if you, if you don't have, you know, a couple's friends, you can do it. Grab teachers after school and say, we're going to pick up a board game and we're just going to play it together. Um, you know, from three o'clock to four. Yeah. I mean, do I, I just, I think you guys would really uh, enjoy it. And then talk about how that game is playing, what you're learning about. The game. And then like, you know, take it apart. That's a great, that's a great idea. I love the the idea too of dissecting it a little bit too. So, I mean, it's just natural, right? Like I said at the title, there is no prerequisite to play. You, you we all started our life doing it. Somewhere along the line, we we sort of stopped doing it, and now now we think it's something that we have to think through. Um, you know, I right. The other day, I was walking in the hall, and I saw two students <laughs> skipping down the hall, and I said to my colleague, like. There was a day when it was the last time you and I have ever skipped, you know, like, like that, you know, like, like a child, like just yeah. joyfully skipping. Like now when I skip, it's like, I think about it. It's like, I am choosing to skip because I'm making a joke about skipping. And I'm doing this right. Like I am not skipping out of pure right. joy. Like some, some day in my life, there was the last time I skipped in a childlike way. And I think that's what happens with play. Somewhere along the lines, we just well, turned into adults and we forgot, like, and we tell ourselves play is watching the football game, but that's not play. Like, right. you're watching other people play no, something. That's, that's spectating. Yeah, like... Isn't it, isn't it that George Bernard... It, there's, a, there's a quote from, I think, George Bernard Shaw that says, like, we do not forget to play because we grow old. We grow old because we forget to play. Exactly. So um, I guess I, I just... And that's it, man. Let's just encourage everybody, like, get out there and play. With, with that said, though, John, it is time for reflection time. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> this is a quote by Dawson Trotman. You'll have to look him up. There's an interesting little bio on him. Uh, yeah, I, I, we've, I have the no prep for this, so I'm all in. <laughs> all right. So here's the quote. The greatest amount of wasted time is the time not getting started. (laughs) All right, man. So I have a, I have a good friend uh, and he, uh, he referred me to a great book called uh, Girl Wash Wash Your Face. Uh, it's it's like, you know, kind of sucks. Yeah, you know, like the lies we tell ourselves, right? And one of those lies is the tomorrow lie. Like, all of you um, And I think spend so much time kicking that hand on the road that we forget, like, today was yesterday's tomorrow. Um, and if we're, we're spending all the time thinking, oh, if I wait till it's perfect, if I wait till it's all pulled together, like, the stars are not going to align for that. You have to, um, and, and challenge, especially because you, you can never, 
it's like permission to fail, right? No, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. And I think, uh, I don't know, I love this quote, this idea that we send, spend so much time sort of hemming and hawing, thinking about whether we should do it. All of us, I know all of us have these ideas that come to us on our commute, come to us in the shower, and we just let them marinate over and over and over and over, and we never, ever take them to action. Or when we do, they're months later. You know, and I just think, wow, if like we would have yeah. put some of those, some of those need to be marinated. And I know that some people are going to tell me that online that I shouldn't have said that, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah, some of them need to marinate, but there's plenty that you could have moved to action. And I would definitely argue this idea of play. It is supernatural. And while maybe you and I and others need to dust that off a little bit and become a little better at it. Uh, it is definitely natural for our students, and so we we need to sort of move to action on this one. This one doesn't have to marinate. So you know, I I encourage all of you to to go out there and try it. You know, try it for yourself. Play a game. Pick up Settlers of Catan. Thirty bucks. Target. Boom. Do this. So that's it. That's all we got time for us. Uh, thank you so much, John, for once again joining us on Well Played. I absolutely love having you on here. You're just a, a great guy to chit-chat with every every time you're on Well Played. And everyone else, I am super excited to have... Thanks. No, No problem. Thank you. I am super... Super excited to... Uh, you know, continue to grow this channel and my YouTube channel. So as always, you know, it is just an honor having everybody, you know, as part of these each and every week. So thank you very, very much.